O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Praise the Lord and welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub. Coming from Shi'ar Jeshub, Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in Pastor Greg Scalzo's Through the Bible series on Heavenly Authority. My husband's current sermon focuses on what the Bible teaches us about the relationship between the local churches. What ties should a local church have to an older or established church that was perhaps involved in its founding? And this raised a whole discussion of independence versus dependence. Drawing on the example of the church at Antioch and the church at Jerusalem, Pastor Greg has made an argument for the independence of each local congregation, at least from the point of view of a formal organizational hierarchy. However, in this independence, there must also be an attitude of dependence on the part of the local church's leadership. Not only must they hold to the inerrancy of the scriptures, but they should consider the anointed teachings and interpretations that went before in church history, as well as the knowledge they can glean from other sincere churches and ministries, lest that local body go off in error. And Pastor showed that tying it all together were the offices and gifts of the Holy Spirit that go across church lines and help to unify the one body of Christ. Let's go right into the Sunday sermon and rejoin Pastor Greg, and we'll go back a minute for context. Independence, then, must be dependent, right? If you're really going to have an independent local church, it has to be dependent, otherwise you're in danger of going off far afield. Even as the denominations that have creeds uh, that are wonderful, founded in uh, the authority of believers, you know, going back all the way, founded on the scriptures, and yet because they have a certain group that tells others what to do, in some denominations now there are abominations going on as those up in authority are allowing homosexuals to become ministers, right? Homosexual uh, marriages, all types of things that are totally against the word of God, but they have the institution behind them. And if the higher up says it's wrong, then it's wrong to everybody. If the higher up says it's right, then it's right to everybody. So they have that pitfall, the pitfall of the institution nullifying the word of God. If you have the independence of the local church, which you read about in the book of Acts, there must be a sense of dependence also, because we don't exist in a vacuum. Independence must be dependent. One of the greatest examples, uh, masterful handling of these dynamics uh, in the New Testament, which we studied in detail, so we won't delve into it much now, was, remember, the Jerusalem Council. Uh, the proper resolution of this tension of how things should work. That's what Paul was referring to. 
uh, in Galatians. Remember Acts chapter 15, verse 1. You have this dispute. Certain men coming from Judea, uh, going to Antioch and to the other Gentile churches, and saying, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. Why to Jerusalem? They're a local church. They have their own elders. Well, Jerusalem is the original church. Jerusalem is a church where the apostles, the 12, the original apostles were. Jerusalem is older in the Lord. Paul knows he's right, but the question needs resolution. And it's not enough for just Paul to know he's right, right? Because the local church does not live and Paul doesn't live in a vacuum. And there is a respect of the local churches for this primary first church and the history of the apostles and the elders. A quick note and aside on these elders, to the apostles and the elders, that the responsibility of the 12 apostles went far beyond the church in Jerusalem. So with time, there was a need, just as there was a need for deacons, right, in Acts chapter 6, there was a need for elders. Uh, in Acts chapter 11, verse 30, when they sent the money from Antioch, right, to the church at Judea, this also they did and sent it to the elders, presbyteros, by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So now you have elders in the church of Jerusalem. Uh, James, one of the Lord's half-brothers, who Paul includes as an apostle. Remember Galatians uh, 1.19? He says, But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. So you have James, uh, who's an apostle, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 7, that Jesus, risen, was seen by James. So he's seen the Lord, he's an apostle in the Lord. James rises to prominence in the church at Jerusalem, and he acts as a key elder. He sees his office as overseeing the church in Jerusalem. Later on in Acts chapter 21 and verse 17, Luke would write, and when we had come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. So James becomes a chief elder. James, the Lord's half-brother, and you can see because of his connection there, becomes a chief elder in the church at Jerusalem. And again, you see also the double office, right? He can be an apostle. But now he's settled into this office, an important office of being a chief elder, a key overseer at the church in Jerusalem. Just like in 1 Timothy 5, 17, we saw that you can have elders who labor as teachers. They can be both an elder and have the office of a teacher. Another aside, uh, John, who writes the Gospel of John, the beloved, one of the twelve, right? Clearly he's an apostle, but if you look in 2 John chapter 1, verse 1, what does he call himself? He says, the elder to the elect lady and her children. In 3 John 1, 1, he says, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. So he's called an elder. 
And tradition has it that he became, he settled, he's an apostle, but he settles as an elder in Ephesus. Now, Ephesus is on the west coast of Asia Minor. And that would explain then why he comes to be exiled at Patmos, right? Patmos is just off the southwest coast of Asia Minor. And why he's familiar with the churches, the seven churches, in the book of Revelation, which he writes in Asia Minor. Because not only is John an apostle, but in his elderly years, he becomes an elder at Ephesus. Okay, so you can have a double office. Back to Acts chapter 15, verse 4. And when they had come uh, to Jerusalem, they were received, Paul, Barnabas, those being sent by the church at Antioch, they were received by the church at Jerusalem and the apostles and the elders. And they reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed, so believing in Christ, but Pharisees who are still zealous for the law, rose up saying it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Command them keep the usual institutional authority. Verse 6, now the apostles and elders came together to consider the matter. And you have the details. We won't go through it again. We've done it before. This is a Holy Spirit-filled council with Peter, with James, with Paul and Barnabas speaking, everything being done properly. And then you go down to verse 22. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Bosibus or Basabus, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. Uh, they wrote this letter by them, the apostles, the elders, and brethren, to the brethren, to the brothers. You notice there's a sense of equality who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. And you have a letter written. It's written from one church to another, but it's an authoritative letter, isn't it? Right? It has weight to it. Notice verse 28, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. It is an official letter. It settled an important issue in the church, right? probably one of the most important issues at, at the time, because now you have all these Gentiles being saved. What do you do concerning circumcision, the law of Moses? It was easy when it was just Jews being saved, but now you have Gentiles. How does those aspects of the law, especially circumcision, apply to the Gentiles? So this is a very important letter. It's an authoritative letter that settles an important issue, and it's recognized by the other churches as having evident authority, as being definitive. Why? Because it's coming from Jerusalem, the older church, the pristine church, the 12 apostles, those who had seen the risen Lord, those who had been with the Lord, right? So there is a weight given to it because of their position in the Holy Spirit. Not so much that Jerusalem is the governing body over Antioch or Cilicia or Syria, 
but that at Jerusalem you have people older in the Lord, in the Spirit, and the church, the new Gentile churches should what? Respect the Spirit of God on them and not be in a vacuum. You have to have local independence and self-governing of the bodies, but you need to have a tie to the history of the church, the Holy Spirit history of the church, not the errors and the uh, frauds of the church history. The prominent position of the church in Jerusalem was clear, and that prominence allowed it to influence way beyond its local borders to have influence extend out to the Gentile churches. And if you look down at verse 30, so when they were sent off, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. When they had read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. While our radio programs are from past sermons, current sermons are live-streamed on YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Join us for in-depth Bible messages by Pastor Greg and Associate Pastor Francis David for a celebration of the Lord's Supper and for prayer and conversation by Pastor Greg and myself. I know you will find it a special anointed time. You can search YouTube for the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle channel, or you can use the link on our church website at shi'arjeshub.org. The programs are then posted on YouTube and rumble.com for 24-7 access. Join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.